Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Wherever you happen to be and whatever time you happen to be listening, welcome to Positively Cynical. I am Jose, and you are here for today's amazing, exciting, and brilliant episode. It's just going to be me today. Question will be joining us. I kind of established via episode one that this was Jose's show, and certainly guests will appear on the show on occasion, guest hosts, guest stars, guest interviews, whatever guest you want, but most of the time you're just going to be hearing my stupid ass talk for as long as I decide to talk on that particular day and for that particular episode. Today, I wanted to revisit 2020, sort of, uh, and a little bit of 2021, uh, more specifically, the events of the November election in 2020 and the subsequent backlash, quote unquote, that we saw on the now infamous day, January 6th. And what I basically want to touch upon is the election was rigged because you don't know how elections work and you never did. The election was not rigged. And that's what we're going to talk about for a little bit today. We're going to talk about the psyche. We're going to talk about the the science, maybe. We're going to talk about the sociology. We're just going to wax poetic, I guess, about why, if you believe the November election between then President Donald Trump, the incumbent, and the challenger weighing in at whatever the fuck he weighs in at, Joe Biden, now President Joe Biden, if you believe that that election was rigged and that Joe Biden is not a legitimate president, you have never observed an election in your life. You have never read news about an election. You have never read news about election fraud and how it is investigated. Uh, you have never read news about how election fraud is normally perpetrated, the types of election fraud that occur. Um, you you really don't know shit if you think that election was somehow rigged against Donald Trump. For a little background, I think it's kind of interesting to start off the conversation in noting, and and many of you will probably say that he was confirming the evil plan that would take place in November with these words, but President Trump at the time repeatedly suggested repeatedly suggested that the election would be rigged. And what he was doing by repeatedly doing that was planting the seed in your dumbass head that when the time came, the election actually was rigged. It's, it's a fairly obvious psychological trick if you know what you're looking for and you're not a complete rube. Uh, and that was something that was going to that that's going to color a little bit of the context into the conversation we have today. He said it was going to be rigged before he, before he alleged that it had been rigged. 
So that's important to note here. I also probably have to go a little bit further back. And I think you can basically go into any Twitter conversation, any Facebook thread, any 4chan or Reddit forum back in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected. And if you look for probably not very long, you probably would find someone somewhere who was warning that he would try to plant this psychological bug and pull this electoral shenanigans, pull these electoral shenanigans, probably about four years ago in 2016. I I would probably be one of them. And I am definitely associated with a number of people who also saw this coming in 2016. So I think we have to give that a little bit of a mention in order to give that some more context, right? We could approach it a little bit further. The allegations in 2016 of fraud when it came to elections, something that kind of faded into the ether in the conversation here in 2020 and 2021 was not election fraud. I'm not going to call it election fraud. I'm not going to do that to you Trumpies out there. Uh, I'm not going to call what he did, Donald Trump, former President Trump. I'm not going to call what he did in 2016 any kind of electoral fraud or I don't know what other term you might want to call it, electoral election, uh, political fraud, presidential election fraud, um, whatever you call it. It wasn't him stealing the election in 2016, not by a long shot. I think that that narrative was sustained for a little bit too long by a lot of jaded Americans, a lot of jaded intellectuals, and a lot of jaded pundits who just could not understand how somebody like Donald Trump could be president of the United States. I mean, to most people, it was absolutely mind-blowing at the time that a reality television star, let alone this particular reality television star from Queens, New York, which is where I'm from, by the way. So I'm not really very proud of the fact that the first president from Queens, New York was Donald Trump. But I'm not going to call what he did stealing the election. Again, it was, it was just something that people used and said to comfort themselves in a manner of speaking and, and kind of tell themselves that this is not what America is when any minority, any person of color like myself, if you didn't gather that from the fact that my name is Jose or Jose, if you didn't gather that, we all basically we all basically saw this coming and we all basically knew that this was the character of America. Most of us could tell you that. There are some of those that would deny it. Um, I don't know what to say, how to speak for <clears throat> my, let's say, Latino brothers and sisters, my Latinx brothers and sisters, um, however you'd like to reference the various Latino cultures and Hispanic cultures. I cannot speak for those of us who deny that 
racism is a factor in our everyday lives. Whether it's a large factor or not is is something that certainly varies to a number of degrees. Um, my name is Jose, but I am very, very ambiguously brown for most people. And I don't have a Hispanic or Latin accent. So my ambiguity makes the racism that I've experienced in my lifetime uh, weird because it seems like people don't know how to be racist towards me. Um, they're not sure if they're being racist towards an Arab man, depending on how much hair I have on my head and on my face, which is currently a lot, or a Hispanic man. Uh, I've been mistaken for Israeli. I've been mistaken for black. That one confused me a little bit, but I didn't have any hair at the time. I guess being bald made me look black. Uh, I don't know. But I'm getting off the topic here. I'm not going to call what Donald Trump did in 2016, stealing an election. What he did was find ways to influence the election through outside forces. If you deny that he used Russian assets at this point and is continuing to use Russian assets, Facebook trolls and troll farms and things of that nature... And I'm not saying that he's necessarily doing this uh, knowingly, fully knowingly, or it's a conspiracy between him and Vladimir Putin to steal elections and destabilize countries and destabilize the, destabilize the quote unquote Western order. Um, he might not have known that he was working with Putin or for Putin, depending on how far you want to go with it. But he was. He did. His associates did. Uh, it's the most corrupt in terms of convictions. Uh, it's the most corrupt administration in American history already. And if you think that's some sort of uh, deep, spate, spate, ugh, deep state conspiracy nonsense, you're also probably a little bit off your rocker, to to put it mildly. Uh, I mean, any, any cursory glimpse at a message board or, again, you can get a lot of this off of the internet, but there's research to back this up. Most intelligence, military, uh, law enforcement, most of them are conservative by nature. So if the generally conservative Caucasian male institutions of the United States are being co-opted by woke Antifa um, rebels or whatever you want to call them. If you're being infiltrated by you know, demon rats, Democrats, uh, Sleepy Joe, I don't even want to really touch some of the the sexist Kamala Harris references that are out there or the insinuations or suggestions. Um, but <laughs> yeah, if you if you think that there is some infiltration in your state by another 
cabal of progressive liberal deep state actors. Well, if you think that's the case or if that is the case, either way that would make that would make you pretty incompetent. That would that you should be worried. You should be very worried if conservative institutions in a conservative country as is insinuated by pretty much every Trump voter, they'll tell you the same thing that most of us will say on the other side. This is not our America because they think that their America is something vastly different from, I don't know, I don't know if I want to call it the majority of America, but the, the vision of Trump's America is a very, 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 very different one. So if you are of that worldview and, and you believe that your majority, your American majority, your majority in the institutions, except for, I guess, media, Hollywood, and, and uh, universities, because that's where liberals breed, if you think that everything else has somehow been infiltrated, then you suck at politics. And you deserve what you get. Maybe. Yeah, I'll just say that you do. I'll just say you do. So that brings us, I, bring, I guess that we could bring that closer now to 2020, right? That's what happened in 2016. The full facts of the matter will maybe never be fully known, but that's the gist of what occurred in 2016. And that's the gist of some of the, some of the uh, conceptions of, of 2016 and some of the opinions that formed out of it. So 2020. We're coming to the election in November. It was really fun to watch the buildup to that. Uh, a lot of my research, quote unquote, definitely quote unquote in this instance, will come from Facebook. All right. And I'm going to preface this and say why I trust Facebook. And I don't go on Facebook and look at articles. I mean, I do, but I carefully curate my sources. I have a pretty wide array of sources from National Review and American Conservative, not not to CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News. I don't deal with any of that shit, but you might get a Forbes or The Atlantic. So I kind of curate that. I don't watch any cable television news. I, I kind of refuse to do that. Reading it is sensationalist enough when you have 30 minutes to, to sit on television and spout about what your opinions are, then you end up being me. I'm not news. I'm just some asshole on the internet who's giving you his opinion. And most of the people on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and pretty much any other news network are just as big of an asshole as I am and should not be feeding you the news. If anything, stick to your local network news or national network news on your, your ABCs, your NBCs, and your CBSs. It's a better source than, than cable news networks. But anyways, so here's why Facebook is a source of research, one of many. In 2016, I remember very, very, very vividly um, from working at the company that I was working at at the time, and I'm not going to mention what that is because I don't want to run into any kind of issues with some of the people that I used to work with there, and I don't want to run into any kind of issues with a former employer or a current employer. So I'm not going to tell you who I was working for, but I'll just say that a lot of people who work there were conservative. Okay. A good number of them, a very, very good number of them. I would say probably a majority, if not a large majority of the people that I work with were conservative, which is not a problem. Okay. I'm not saying that that's a problem and that's not a derogatory remark. 
I don't hate conservatives. I lived in Illinois for many years and I did not live in Chicago for a good portion of that time. I lived in the suburbs, which are very conservative. Okay. And so a lot of my friends on Facebook are conservatives. And I love you guys. Most of you. Some of you are assholes. And yes, I'm friends with assholes on Facebook. Sometimes I still like you, even if you're an asshole, but you're an asshole. So I I look at the opinions of both the people that I work with, I guess, you know, the, the people that I work with at the company at the time around 2015, probably going into even 2014, because you guys know that these election cycles last two fucking years now, which is ridiculous. Should be like other countries where you have three months to make your case and then they take you off of fucking television and then they decide to elect you or not. So in 2016, I, I kind of look around and look at the opinions of the people that I work with and they're very excited. They are ecstatic. They love Donald Trump. They love him. They absolutely love him. And what's more, they hate Hillary Clinton. They hate the Clintons. The Clintons are the, are the boogeymen of conservatives. The Clinton family, if you want to know how the deep state infiltrated every institution in America, it was the Clintons. Okay? So in 2015, 2014, 2015, 2016, I look around at my friends at work and my friends on Facebook, some of who I, you know, had definitely had a lot of very, very heated conservative conversations with in the past, not conservative conversations, but debates about conservative versus progressive politics, what, what have you, for years and years and years and years. It's a, a place that I definitely enjoy having a dialogue with people is on Facebook. And I've definitely had a great relationship and great dialogue with some of my conservative friends. And some of them would probably tell you the same. And some of them will tell you I'm an asshole too. Uh, so I look up in Facebook, I look around and I see the, the level of enthusiasm and I see that it matches or exceeds the level of enthusiasm that we saw when Barack Obama was elected. That's number one. Number two, you look around at your progressive, liberal, Democrat, whatever you want to call them, your friends on the left, the leftists, the leftards, the libtards, those people. I kind of self-identify as a libtard, right? Whatever you want to call me, fuck you. But you look around at them and you look at their level of excitement for Hillary Clinton and boy, is it low. It's real low, okay? There were some people who were excited Obviously, there was a, a beautiful historical significance to it. And if you think that that's not important, you think that being represented by your elected officials is not important or being represented in media or sports or the corporate world, the business world, by people of your own culture, race, gender. If you think that that's not important, then you're you're clearly not understanding how that can kind of change the narrative and how that can really normalize that 
in a country where things like that aren't really normal. We didn't have a black president until 2008, and we still haven't had a female president. Okay. So there's enthusiasm surrounding that. Other than that, Hillary Clinton had the personality of a calculator, which is unfortunate. I mean, probably only Al Gore in the history of recent politics had less of a personality in running for president. So, okay. There wasn't a lot of enthusiasm surrounding Hillary Clinton. Okay. And, you know, I definitely agreed with a lot of people, including Barack Obama, when they said that she would likely be the most qualified person ever to run for president of the United States. I believe that. But here's the problem. Here, here's your problem, Hillary, if you're listening. Here's your fucking problem, okay? You do a good job, generally, of keeping the conversation on what it needs to be on and selling yourself on the policy, which is what you're good at, right? We know that. You know, Bill's the, the fucking, the one with the charisma, and you're the one that did all the work, okay? We get it. We know, all right? I was around in the 90s. I was a teenager. There were jokes about it on our fucking cartoons at the time. There were jokes about it on Animaniacs. Look it up if you haven't seen it. Animaniacs jokes about the fact that Bill didn't do shit and Hillary did everything, okay? But Hillary, here's your fucking problem, okay? Here's where you fuck up constantly. You, you do a great job of, of selling yourself on the policy. And then you try to, you try to like, I guess, set yourself up in Bill's realm, let's say, where charisma is king. And that does not work for you. And you try to be, you try to be clever, okay? And I'm not saying you're not clever or intelligent, but in terms of the way that you present yourself and sell yourself as a candidate, you're bad at it. And when you do things on television, like call half of the country deplorables, you put them in a basket of deplorables and you sit there smugly staring at the camera, pining for the, for the adoration and the laughter, for the, for the wonderful joke of calling, calling half the country assholes. I can do that because I'm not running for anything. You know, about half this country are assholes, maybe more, because there are a lot of assholes who are progressives. It's, just, it's not a conservative thing, okay? But this is, this is what you kind of end up doing, okay? And you kind of did the same thing in 2016 when you ran against Barack Obama because you think we forget that you were the one who kind of started that whole birther nonsense. You think we forget. Yes, we know that Donald Trump carried it through the years to the presidency. I don't think it would have worked for you, which is why you dropped it right away. But you were the one who started putting up pictures of Obama in Kenya, wearing traditional African garb, all this other shit, uh, shaking hands or, or bowing to Muslims in other countries, Muslim leaders or religious or political leaders. You're the one that started that. It's because you do shit like that. And maybe you surround yourself with an awful team. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. I would hope that 
well, actually, Bill can't do shit. I was going to say maybe Bill could help you choose people that will help you have an iota, not of charisma. Don't go for it. Just stick to policy, right? You don't do that. You don't. You did a good job as senator of New York. You did a fine job as senator of New York. We welcomed you here. We liked you here. Once you get to where you're going, once you get to the presidency, once you had gotten to the presidency, probably, people would have liked you. More people would have liked. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Because conservatives really don't like you. But more progressives might have liked you. Because there are a lot of progressives that don't like you. That's why you didn't win. There were progressives, moderates, liberals who voted for Trump. Because you have to shoot yourself in the foot at least once every time you try to accomplish something like this. Or just about every time. Congratulations on being senator. It's the last elected office you'll ever hold. So, okay. That's why Hillary's a shitty candidate. But, a, but she would be great at the job. And it's, it's kind of sad, right? Okay. So let's get back to the election. And why Facebook is a predictor of it. After saying all that, Facebook is a predictor because if you look at the trends, and I'm not saying I, I set up some fucking charts and graphs and shit like that, but I have a, a, about a thousand friends on Facebook, maybe a little bit more. So I got a sample size for sure. I can tell where certain moods and attitudes are going just by watching people talk shit on Facebook. And the level of enthusiasm for Trump, the lack of enthusiasm for Hillary. I was one of the first people that was kind of sounding the alarm that Donald Trump was going to win the presidency. And I remember sitting there in 2016 watching Facebook and Twitter and everybody go fucking crazy. I was sitting with Question, actually. We were watching the returns together. And I had already, you know, uh, I had already done my coping. I saw it coming. I saw people sink on television. I will always remember Stephen Colbert practically breaking down on, on live television when the news that Donald Trump would be president started to become clear. And I'm not going to say I was smug about it because good Lord, did it fucking suck. But I was also pretty much like, yeah, I, I, I saw this. I saw this coming. Okay. So Facebook as a form of research. Let's go back to 2020 now, right? Uh, 2020. I'm not saying that there was necessarily any predictors there, but I did say that Joe Biden was going to win. I said that a few months before the election took place. Um, it was pretty shortly after he became the nominee that I started making a fairly bold prediction on that. And again, I did that Based on polling, I mean, you look at the data, you look at the news, you look at the trends, you try to extrapolate from all of that what's going to happen too, okay? I'm not saying you don't, but you don't just look at 538 and call it a day because that's what everybody did in 2016, and that's what I did in 2016 also when I looked at it and it said that Donald Trump still had a 33% chance of winning the presidency. I was like, yeah, that, that sounds about right, and I think it's going to happen, but so you use the data, right? You look at the data. You don't just look at what's on Facebook because obviously that's not going to work either. But you look at the, I looked at the attitudes on Facebook and I, 
I noted a lot of things. And one of the things that I noted for sure was that people on Facebook were already setting up the idea that there was going to be electoral fraud. Even before Donald Trump did, in many instances, even though we probably planted that seed in their head four years ago. That's how these psychological fucking things work. But you started to see these these ideas that the election was going to be fraudulent. And I mean, obviously, there was this little thing last year called COVID-19. I don't know if you guys remember it. I think it's still going on. Um, but that made things complicated too because everybody had to fucking vote by mail, right? And as soon as that happened, even before Donald Trump jumped on it, other people were starting to jump on it because modern conservative individuals that you know, notwithstanding, the modern GOP, as a friend of mine likes to refer to them, Modern GOP is a death cult. Am I exaggerating? Yes. Is he exaggerating? Yes. Are we exaggerating by a lot? Fuck no. Okay? So this little thing called COVID was going on last year. And there were all kinds of misrepresentations. You were all there. Misrepresentations by the president. Misrepresentations by politicians. Misrepresentations by figures, conservative figures, conservative pundits, conservative news media, conservative writers, conservative thinkers, what have you. We're already planting the ideas, planting the seed. And how do they do that, right? That's why you go to social media a little bit. They do it on social media, don't they? That's where everybody goes now. That's, I mean, we had the Twitter president, right? I haven't looked at Twitter in other than to get myself an Xbox Series X and look at Twitter updates. Thank you, Matt Swider. Thank you very much. Other than that, other than that, I have not really looked at Twitter since, well, I guess December, right? Because was that when he was banned? I don't fucking remember. Whatever it was. Other than that, I haven't really looked at Twitter, and it's blissful. It's wonderful. I don't have to look at a a gigantic baby melting down every several times every day. It's really, really wonderful. Don't, don't you, some of you think it's really great not to have to watch the president melt down about some bullshit several times a day or lie about 15 things a day. I'm, I'm happier with a president that lies about a couple of things a day. Like Joe Biden does. I like Joe Biden level lies. I like, a, a few lies a day as opposed to a few dozen lies a day. But I mean, I even had friends on Facebook. You know who the fuck you are, dude. You know who you are. Who created heavily doctored and edited videos of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and all these other people deliberately misrepresenting shit, basically trying to make Hunter Biden look like a fucking criminal leader of a criminal syndicate when he was basically just a crackhead back in the day that had a problem. And you know people that have a problem too. So just like I said to you many times on Facebook, fuck you, you know who you are. Misrepresenting everything, finding no context in anything, just basically 
continuously trying to push this narrative that election fraud was going to occur and then trying to confirm it around the time of the election with some unbelievable misconceptions about how elections work. First of all, let's talk about one of them. Dead people vote in every single fucking election that's ever existed in the history of human goddamn civilization. Let me repeat that. Dead people have voted in literally every election in every civilization since the beginning of goddamn humanity on this planet. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Dead people have voted in every single election that has ever taken place in the history of mankind. Okay? I want you to be aware of that. Anyone, any, any election probably on a decent enough scale, it's going to happen. Okay? And let's talk about why it happened in this election and why you fuckers don't understand this. Okay? And why elections get certified. Let's talk about that. Now, early voting has actually been a thing for a very long time. I don't know how long specifically in terms of the year, the month, and the date, but it's been around since the Civil War, okay? Mail-in voting or some form of absentee voting. If you need to correct me on that, go ahead. I'm almost 100% certain that that's the case, but mail-in voting and absentee voting of some form has been around for like well over a hundred years, like 150 to 200 years. Okay. Since the civil war, since the South fought the North, we've had mail-in voting. Okay. Do you know what happens with mail, especially back then during the civil war? There's a few things that happen. Okay. It can get lost for a little while. That's one thing. It can take a long time to get there. And when I say take a long time, you guys realize it took weeks or months for the mail to be delivered in the Civil War, right? Now, what can happen over the course of a few weeks or months if somebody mails in a ballot and it doesn't arrive for that period of time? What can happen in a war when a soldier... And this is why it was created, right? Mail-in voting, absentee voting was created to allow soldiers to send letters home. Or excuse me, not send letters home, to send their to send their ballots home and vote because damn it, that's an American right. Whether you especially if you're fighting for the country, right? That's what you conservatives believe. If you're fighting for the country, if you're fighting for this country, you deserve extra rights. Okay? So mail-in voting has been around for a very long time, okay? And what can happen in a war if your vote takes a few weeks or a few months to get there? You can die, okay? If it sounds like I'm being condescending, it's because I am. I just want to make that clear. You can die, okay? And that can also happen if you're an elderly person that decides you want to send in your your mail-in ballot as soon as you're eligible to do so in your state. And by the way, some states actually have mail-in ballots as a universal thing, okay? And that's been the case in some states for many decades, okay? So there's another context to that. 
All right. Mail-in voting is not a new thing. It has never been pointed out as something that's fraudulent to any great degree in the past until y'all idiots picked it up and decided to make it your rallying cry. Okay. So this is why elections get certified. Millions, likely millions, not millions, probably millions, but at least tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dead people end up voting in every presidential election because a lot of people die in a few months. Look at the death rates. I don't know what they are. That'll tell you how many people die and vote. Okay? I'm not here to give you the specific numbers. I'm here to give you the context. But a lot of people end up dying. So this is why the votes get recertified. They get certified and they are verified. They're verified that when they arrive. So some election worker, some poll worker is looking at your shit. And if you drop dead between the time that you sent out your ballot and the time that they got it, guess what? Your vote doesn't count. Okay? Now, a lot of those votes get counted on the day of, right? And that could make a difference, you say. That could make a massive difference. Well, generally, no. Okay? Um, it's not millions of people that end up voting, dying. That would obviously swing an election. But even in the numbers of people that end up dying, or even the numbers of people that actually end up voting fraudulently, it in no way and in no state was it actually enough to sway this past election. And in, in no case that I can think of, other than maybe some historical outliers, some corrupt outliers, Tammany Hall or some shit like that, Joe Biden is not like that. <laughs> if you think Joe Biden is that capable and he's still a senile old man, after 47 years of being in the Senate and not doing anything. Well, again, you're stupid. But this is why elections are certified. This is why the certification process was taking place, okay? And it doesn't just happen once there's an official certification, but there are many certifications and recertifications on the state level and many audits on the federal level, okay? This is how all elections in America have taken place for a very long time. Lots of dead people vote, and people fraudulently vote too. There are cases where, I mean, it kind of ties into a similar dynamic, but I believe I read a case where a husband sent in his wife's absentee vote after she died. She already was dead. He, she didn't fill out the ballot. And he, you know, and then send it out and then die. He filled it out for her and sent it out and voted for Trump. I also find it kind of funny that most of the cases of like individual fraud that we see are for Trump. But okay, so people die. That's one thing. Let's talk about let's talk about another one of my favorite topics. Another one of my favorite. Uh, let's call it smoking guns from the election. Let's talk about that. And that's the idea that the vote tally changed overnight. Overnight this happened. Now, there was one confirmed instance where some votes were changed incorrectly. 
I don't remember the county, but there was a singular county, maybe two, if my memory serves me correctly, where some votes were changed incorrectly. They were caught and they were changed. Okay. That definitely would insinuate, I understand, that it happened more than twice or once. Okay. I'll give you that. But here's the thing. A lot of times the people that I saw, including jackass who created videos, one of them who that went viral, good for you. Good luck with your company, by the way. I think you're a jackass, but I do wish you well with your endeavors. Um, so yeah, um, what was I, geez, where, where was I with that thought? Um, yes, the vote tallies changing instantaneously, scarily, overnight. 100,000 votes for Joe Biden in this county. 5,000 for Donald Trump. How could this be? I'm going to tell you how that can be. I'm going to tell as I'm going to I'm going to put this to you logically, okay? I don't have any specific information on this. But I'm going to put this to you logically. Let's say you're counting 110,000 votes. 110,000 votes, okay? You and a few people, because it's going to take a few people, you are a poll worker in Arizona, in Maricopa County, you're a poll worker and you're counting votes. You and your colleagues are doing it. You and your poll worker colleagues, you're doing it overnight. You're doing it thanklessly. Everybody thinks you're a fraud. Everybody hates you. Everybody thinks you're full of shit and that you're stuffing ballots and changing them. Let me ask you how you would count. And how you would tally, right? Which is how you would would then add the numbers to the overall total. Now, would you count like this? One vote for Joe Biden. Two votes for Joe Biden. Three votes for Joe Biden. Four votes for Joe Biden. One vote for Donald Trump. Two votes for Donald Trump. Five votes for Joe Biden. Six votes for Joe Biden. Oh, that's seven votes for Joe Biden. Really getting started here. Eight. Nine votes for Joe. Oh, there's another Trump. That's three. That's three votes for Donald Trump and nine votes for Joe Biden. Okay. All right. Now, you're counting it like that. Yes. And you're marking it down like that. Yes. But when you enter it into a database, is that how you're doing it? Are you pressing a button? Are you and your colleagues pressing a button 110,000 times to enter individual votes into a computer database to be counted. Is that what you're doing? Because if you are, wherever you work, they should probably fire you because you suck at your job. If that's what you're doing, then once again, you're an idiot. No, what you do is you count, you write it down, and maybe after an hour or two, maybe after three hours, maybe after four hours, you put all of the numbers in at once. You say two button tr- presses, right? Or maybe the, the press of the enter key, right? Or let's say 110,000 votes. 110,000 votes we're tallying here. You're going to press the button 110,000 times, one for Joe Biden, two for Joe Biden, one for Trump, three for Joe Biden, or... Are you going to say at the end of all of this counting, 
you're going to go to your computer, go to your database, and you're going to go to the keyboard, and you're going to type in 100,000 and press enter for Joe Biden, and then you're going to put in 10,000 and press enter for Donald Trump. Which way are you going to do it? How are you going to tally the votes? Do you see what the problem is? I hope you do. If you're listening and you've been incredulous to this point and you're looking at all these ideas of electoral fraud and you're saying to yourself, what is this idiot going to say? How is he going to convince me that that didn't happen? If you are looking up now and stroking your chin and thinking, that's a point, you might not be an idiot and maybe you get to keep your job. Okay. Let's let's address one more and then let's get the fuck out of here. I'm tired of yelling at you people. One more instance that I saw. I mean, a lot of people perpetuated this event again. You did it, buddy. You did it, buddy. You did it on Facebook. You did it on Twitter. You had to do it. And you're a smart kid, too. So I know you know a little bit better than this. I'm pretty sure you know. I know a lot of people were telling you that they know, that you know better. Another instance that I saw, a fun one, was a video of an electoral poll worker, a poll worker, excuse me, a poll worker, right? Two poll workers sitting at a table. One of them takes a ballot and starts filling it out. Just takes a ballot. He's supposed to be counting them. What the fuck is he doing? Why is he filling out a ballot? Okay, he fills out the ballot, and then the poll worker across the table from him, who's looking at another ballot, throws it away. They don't do anything with it. They don't count it. They throw it away. What are they doing? You ask. Well, the narrative at the time was that they were changing votes. They were the deep state, again, was changing votes, was doing horrible things, ripping up some legitimate American's vote, probably some beautiful grandma from Iowa, ripping up her vote for Donald Trump and turning it into a hellish vote for Joe Biden. Do you know what they were doing? Do you know how elections work? I'm going to ask you that one more time. We've gotten this far. Do you know what they were doing? Do you know how elections work? If you look carefully, and if you understand how these things work, what one of them was doing was dictating to the other poll worker. Now, what were they doing? Dictating something, right? They were dictating the ballot, which was most likely either marked incorrectly or damaged. The worker that was reading it was reading off that ballot to the other poll worker who was filling in a new ballot that would not be changed. This is audited, by the way. There are cameras. There are people watching from both sides of the aisle, both conservative and liberal. That lie that they were not allowed to enter was utter bullshit. They were allowed to enter many, many times to observe the process. They are allowed to be within a certain distance of people, but not on top of them because, you know, that COVID-19 thing again. It wasn't great to be on top of people during COVID-19. I just want to make you all aware of that. But I know some conservatives don't think that's a thing. So I, I get why you would want your sweaty 
fucking poll auditor standing over some poor poll worker spitting in their hair. Right? Cool. Okay. But what they were doing was correcting a damaged ballot because, again, that's how elections work. Ballots get damaged. They get filled out improperly. Things like that happen. And so what they do is they transcribe the results to new ballot because, as many of you are probably aware, the systems that they use are machines to count the ballots. And so it's just like a Scantron. Do you guys know what a Scantron is? Do you remember Scantron? I'm pretty sure that most of you know what a fucking Scantron form is because when you took tests in school, especially standardized tests, what did you fill out? A Scantron form. Why did they ask you to fill it out with a pencil? Why did they ask you to fill in the whole circle? Why did they ask you to do it neatly? Do you remember why? It's the same reason why these poll workers were filling out that new ballot. Okay? Let's make that clear. Let's make that really clear. Because there's a lot of you that are really willingly misrepresenting that. Really, really willingly. And knowingly misrepresenting that. You know how this shit works. And if you don't, then maybe you learned something today. And you know what? I'm no expert on it. I could certainly find some more resources and share them with you. I have a couple that in mind that I can share when this episode drops. I'll share them with you. I'm not talking out of my ass. I've done my research, even though I'm not a researcher. And you know what? In the end, this is just my opinion anyway. It's just my opinion. It's also my opinion that if you believe the election was rigged, you never understood how elections worked in the first place. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Guys, if you got this far and you listened to me rant for almost 50 minutes, I want to thank you for getting this far with me on Positively Cynical. Um, you know, I really, really appreciate those of you that have listened so far. We have a couple of episodes in the tank. And you know what? If you like what you're listening to, and if you don't like what you're listening to, you know, like, rate, share, and subscribe anyway. Or don't. You could comment. If you hate me, comment on my shit. Give me some exposure. I'm cool with that. Maybe I'll argue with you on Instagram or Twitter or some shit like that. You can find me at Positively Cynical Podcast on Instagram. You can email me at Positively Cynical Podcast at gmail.com. Probably have a Twitter, Facebook, all that shit set up. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be Positively Cynical Podcast. Look it up. And wherever you found me, again, please, if you want to support this podcast, like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. So thank you. For anybody that's listening still, Anybody that's supporting me out there, uh, anybody that's having some thoughts, anybody that has some ideas, anybody that has some things that they, they think that I should talk about, it's not always going to be this negative. We're positively cynical. We're not always this negative. Please reach out. Show some love. And, you know, I guess there's not much more to say. From Positively Cynical, this is Jose, and y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day afternoon, evening, morning, night. Just have a great time. Thanks. <laughs>